Hello? Hello, Ray Renati. Hi, Paul. Hey, hello. How are you doing, man? I'm doing you. Did, did you have a rough night after the rehearsals or um, had it uh, to do with the rehearsals? No, I just, no, no, I just uh, had some trouble sleeping. I don't know. Had nightmares and stuff. It was, uh, I don't know what was going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel? I... Do you feel up to talking? I don't want this to be a nightmare conversation. <laughs> no. Yeah, I can talk. Not not real long because I got a bunch of stuff to do. But yeah, sure. Yeah. I I must just tell you one thing. I'm I'm looking at Listly, mm-hmm. where there is a list, um, all about the drama, the play. It's actually now called. Superb new drama in San Francisco theater. Ray Renati, actor, tells his inside story. Oh, great. That sounds wonderful. And uh, it's, yeah, so it's, uh, I've tarted up the list, which I began already. And uh, we have two items on there. We have our last conversation on... uh, uh, what was it? March the 28th. And we have a an episode from your podcast called You Are My Sunshine um, on the following day. Oh, wonderful. You know, I'll, uh, our director, producer person wants to know about things like that. So I'll send that to her. Um, well, we've got to. Yeah. And we'll, we'll put this uh, short conversation. Yeah, okay. Well, look, the, the last time I spoke to you, Ray, it was just before you were going in for the first rehearsal. I spoke right. to you in the morning, mm-hmm. probably about half nine or something like that, your time. And you, the director, Kelly, well, yes. maybe, maybe Kelly, is who is the playwright, May, and acting, uh, maybe, maybe the director is Christina Anselmo. Well, Kelly, who wrote the play, um, is also acting in the play. She plays the part of Minnie, who is the mother of the protagonist in the play. And uh, no, excuse me, the mother-in-law. <laughs> and um, she's also the director. But Christina uh, does a lot of the directing when she's performing her scenes. Got you. Got you. Yeah. Well, well, Mm -hmm. anyway, you were hoping or expecting to be able to know all your lines before the first day of rehearsal. How did that (laughs) Oh, It went, you know, I didn't really know them cold. I... I had to carry my script around. Uh, I've only been able to rehearse my scenes, well, in act one, two or three times so far. And I haven't even gotten to act two yet. But um, I know all my lines in act one now um, because I've been working hard on it on my own. And now I'm moving to act two to get all those down. We have a very abbreviated rehearsal schedule, so... Yeah, uh, I really want. I really want to be ready. Yeah, and your opening night is the twentieth of April. So I don't know what that yes. is. That sounds to me like about sixteen or seventeen days away. 
Right. So we're fine. We're we're moving along really well. Um, we've got Act One, pretty much the basic uh, you know, structure of Act One is is there, and uh, tonight we're going to start doing Act Two, and that should be done in a few days, and then and then from there it's just a matter of working on each scene and making everything really good, and then. Um, then we'll we'll be into uh, tech rehearsal. <laughs> and tell me, where do you get your clothes? The last time I was talking to you, you were going to have to do some quick changes of costume. Where do you get the clothes from? Ah, yes. Well, Christina Anselmo works for Children's Theater of San Jose. And it's a big theater company. Every year they do giant musicals um, at the San Jose Center for Performing Arts, which is a 2,500-seat venue. And it includes professional adult actors. So they have a huge costume shop with adult clothing as well. So she's, she has access to that. Um, so we're going to be able to get a lot of our costumes from Christina's uh, job. She works there. She's, she paints the sets for them. Oh, wow. And is she painting the mm -hmm. sets for this play? Uh, well, I don't know what's going to happen with this play for, as far as the set goes. Um, Christina and uh, and Kelly have kind of not tried to burden us actors with all that. Um, they're figuring it out on their own. I don't. I'm. Just, I know they have plans, but I don't know exactly what it is at the moment. You've read the, um, you've read the play the whole way through, haven't you? You're, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 a few times. So mm -hmm. let me just let me just ask you to engage in an act of pure imagination because i know okay. you yourself have directed plays in the past but yes. you know and this is not spilling the beans on what the audience will see on the opening night but uh, it'll be an interesting little uh, thing to look back on what do you imagine the stage to look like if you were going to be doing it Ah, well, the theater is a small space. There are only 50 seats, I think. And, and the space itself is somewhat limited. For instance, upstage right, there's no, there's no exit or entrance. Everything has to come from just a couple of places uh, in terms of exits and entrances. Um, there's not a lot of space to move scenery around. So it has to be done very sparsely and simply with um, maybe some flats that are painted in the back, maybe a scrim. I'm not sure what they're doing. Hey, um, some furni furniture pieces that get moved around. What's yeah. a scrim? Oh, a scrim is, and I don't think we're going to have one, but a scrim is a, uh, an opaque piece of cloth that's tightened and, you can shine light on it and it'll have different colors and produce different effects. And you can have people walking behind it and they'll be in silhouette. I'm sure you've seen it on, on big stages, even small stages. It's used quite often in theater. Maybe you don't even notice it. So if you ever see a play and you look upstage, uh, upstage means in the back of the stage, and and all of a sudden it goes from pink to blue or there's a landscape projected on there. And maybe there are people walking behind there and, and, and they look like shadows. Yeah. That's a scrim. 
That's a screw. Well, that's very handy because you know I write yeah. poetry from time to time, and I have never, yes. I have never come across that word. So I'm now looking as we speak. You know that that that's a late 18th century word of unknown origin. It tells me here. I didn't know that. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Deny. Wikipedia says a, a, a scrim or a gauze. A gauze is a very light textile made from cottons or sometimes flax. Yeah. Well, interesting. Oh, well, I've learned something. Well, I'm going to be learning a lot in this. So, so yes, it is. It is cotton. That's why. Well, you have to make sure that you really stretch it tight and that it it gets steamed correctly so that there aren't wrinkles in it otherwise it completely screws up the whole effect <laughs> it has to be uh, sort of transparent to the audience right and tell me yeah. one more question about your imagination really in terms mm -hmm. of this uh, play having a color a predominant color would you say mm. is it a green play a red play an indigo play a violet play a black that's a great question. Um, so we were just talking about that last week. We were rehearsing in a, uh, uh, the theater space of another theater company, their rehearsal space. SF Playhouse has a rehearsal space, and it's very light and airy and sort of um, real, really sort of uh, white light, like daytime. And then when we went to the theater... Uh, it's very dark in there. The walls are painted dark red and the curtains are black. And in that, it completely changed the whole feeling of the play. Um, now, I would say that the color of this play would be probably red, just because of what it's about. However, they were talking about having to counter that a lot because the walls are already extremely red. Um, and it, and it brings it way down in terms of mood. It's already kind of a dark and sad play. Um, so they're probably going to have to add some brighter, more happy tones to the, to the stage in order to counter the, the really red, dark walls. Oh, right. So, yeah, so it's a complex answer to a simple question. <laughs> well, I stumbled, into, I stumbled into something you were talking about there. Yes. Now, let me ask you one more question, and then I'm going to let you go. Okay. What is the connection between this play and the music of uh, Woody Guthrie, especially The Truth Will Set You Free? Well, um, because you mean because of the title, You Are My Sunshine, and the folk songs? Well, I'm gonna, uh, did, first of all, is the, sunshine, is the folk song written by... Woody Guthrie. No, You Are My Sunshine was written by somebody else, and I forget his name. Uh, my uncle told me the name of the writer yesterday, and I can't remember. It's from a long time ago. Um, it's, you know, it's that's, you are my sunshine, okay. my only son. Yeah, it gets actually, the lyrics get really dark near the, in the last few stanzas. That's why she chose that. It's a, it's a sad play. Um, well, let me, now, let me explain the background to my, my bizarre question. Okay, see? because this is a multi-decade. Uh, sorry, this is a fact-inspired Steinbeck mm -hmm. stroke 
Cohen Brothers tinged multi-decade character study of a man of mythic American proportions whose passions and demons lead to tragedy, narrated in yeah. Woody Guthrie style folk songs. Ah, uh, yes. Will set yes. you free. Yes. I read. I read from the Phoenix Arts Association, the Alma Theatre Company, a blurb. Ex- forgive me for uh, for doing that. Well, I'm reading along with you on the postcard. I, ne- I hadn't read that. <laughs> Um, yes. Okay. Let me explain that. Um, the Woody Guthrie style folk songs, this adds so much to the play. When I first did the reading for this play two or three years ago, there was a narrator and there was no music and it didn't really work. And so Kelly wrote a whole number of songs that are played on stage by two musicians with guitars and they're folk style songs and they're excellent songs. They really are. She just did a great job. And they sort of, um, in a, they tell a story of what's to come sort of like, in, you know, Woody Guthrie told a lot of stories oh, with his songs. So they, they tell the story, uh, of what's, of what's to come. They, they sort of for some foreshadowing of what's going to happen next. Um, to, to the characters in this play, if you listen to the lyrics closely. Uh, and it really adds sort of this in, very um, mystical sort of nuance to the, to the play, because a lot, of the, a lot of the music is sung as we're moving scenery around and changing characters, and we're doing it in a very stylized way. And the, and the singers will be singing directly to the audience, breaking the fourth wall. Uh, with their guitars and singing their folk songs that Kelly wrote. Um, and it just adds another layer, another dimension of artistry to the, to this play, which I think is really cool. I love it. Um, well, look, yeah, we're going to stop here, Ray, because I, you know, mm-hmm. we just don't want to spill the beans on the entire play. Yes. You know, no, 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 no. So tell me, are you rehearsing tonight? We are. Last night's rehearsal was canceled because there was some kind of scheduling problem. Uh, so I'm looking forward to rehearsing tonight. It's a good thing I didn't drive up to San Francisco in the traffic. I was just about to leave and I got a text saying there's no rehearsal. <laughs> uh, and it's like an hour and a half drive at least uh, in traffic, sometimes uh, two, two hours. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, look, Ray Renati, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Off you go and have a recovery day. And Thanks, Paul. I look forward to talking to you again about uh, this play, which I'm getting more and more intrigued by. Wonderful. Thank you for uh, for taking the time. Okay. All the best, Ray. Thanks a million. Okay. okay. You bet. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Cheers.